I'm William Stewart. Welcome back to our podcast on the major themes of Scripture. This is a uh, such a fun study where we bring together Scripture from everywhere, from God's Word, all the Bible, Old and New Testament, to tell us in a thematic way how we are to live our lives before God as Christians. As I say Christians, I mean uh, a person who has by believed by faith alone on the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ for their salvation. Now, all of the Bible is God's word. However, for the church, which is our topic for today, the specific part of scripture for which we believe or obey directly as commands and meant for us are the apostolic letters from Romans and beyond. So again, let me be clear, all of God's word is uh, or the bible is god's word yet prior portions are there for us to know how god interacted with prior uh, generations we learn about the marvelous character and actions of god the character of man unfortunately uh, god's plan for salvation developed over the ages the prophecy and the this um types that led to christ we learn so much from the Gospels in the Old Testament. And yet again, we'll be focusing on the epistles here because that's for the church. Also, this is a biblical theology, and theology is a fancy way of saying major themes of Scripture. And in in a sense, we're limiting our discussion and our knowledge right from God's Word. So there are uh, other types of, of theologies where you can bring in studies in theology, you can bring in other traditions of famous and wonderful theologians such as John Calvin and and uh, Ryrie and Schaefer, and that's for another study. And I will repeat here that uh, this is a self-contained course meant to give you a great foundation on these themes uh, about Christ and and the Holy Spirit and the Christian life, salvation, and to give you a lot of confidence uh, and knowledge by the end. Now go to my website, read the disclaimer. It's uh, at the end of this uh, video, as is the website address and, or, and podcast. And uh, also it um, uh, read there uh, uh, the notes uh, for each session as well. Leave, leave a comment, leave a question. That would be great. Uh, take this material, spread it to other people and teach it if you can. So I'm... Uh, I'll repeat again, I'm not a trained theologian. I'm a a physician with a passion for God's word. My wife, Jeanette, and I have spent, I hate to say it now, decades. Um, (laughs) That uh, it's been wonderful, but uh, time passes. We've spent decades teaching uh, Christian groups and especially individual mentoring individuals. And, And in that passion, we bring you this course on the major themes of scripture. So today we're opening the discussion on the church. Church is so important. The church is the way that God expresses his will for the time, uh, for this time between his first and second coming. Every Christian who's accepted Christ by faith is in the church, placed there by the Holy Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. So if you're a Christian, you're in the church. 
Uh, we'll talk about structure next time, but it's at least important to know that we are considered in the uh, apostolic letters, the body of Christ with Christ as the head. Christ on his ascension after his resurrection sat down at the right hand of God the Father, Hebrews 8 and Hebrews 10, where he came to lead the church. So that's what Christ does now, is head the church. He's the head, we are his body, and we function to do the will of the head. Church is also described as temple, in the Ephesians 2, uh, built upon Christ as the cornerstone, the apostles and prophets as the foundation, and each one of us as an individual, the individual stones building the most holy temple of God. All right, <clears throat> so church is really important. Now, the form of the church over which I've just spoken, and I, I have to admit, <clears throat> all this is somewhat controversial. Um, what people think about the church or constitutes the church and how it functions is so different among individuals. So again, you'll have to get into God's word and uh, determine it yourself. I'm trying to go right from scripture and not be prejudiced towards any tradition of, of denomination. So some of you may want to batter me, but please be patient <clears throat> and uh, you know do your own research in the scripture. So the form of the church I have, over which I've just spoken is called typically the church universal. Otherwise, it is the worldwide congregation of all Christians. Okay, so under the headship of Christ. There is then, and that's what when we read about the church, which is only spoken about specifically, and again, this is controversial, after the beginning of the church in Acts, we'll get to that. Um, it is, um, speaking of the church universal, typically, unless it specifies the other form of the church, which is the local church. So the local church is an expression of the church universal in individual locations. So typically there were house churches back at the time of the, uh, after the time of Christ. And these are recognized as a way to accomplish the goals of the church in, in localities. Now, I think um, now, and again, this is controversial and functionally, even in the time of the first and second generation Christians, there were forms of the church universal outside the local church, such as when the disciples spread the word of God. And that even happens now where missionaries who may not be involved in a local church, either physically or even online, um, and again, this is controversial, are part of the church universal functioning as a church in special roles, even apart from the local church, is as important as the local church is. We're great believers here in, at Teleos in the local church and want to support the church in every way we can. Okay, so we have the church universal, we have the local church. Those are the two expressions of the church in scripture. What does the word church mean? Well, the Greek word for church is ekklesia, which meant an assembly, particularly in a, a political assembly, such as the term was used 
uh, as uh, in ancient Athens. But again, as much as it's used that way in secular sense, it's used specifically for the in in the Bible uh, for the <clears throat> uh, uh, congregation of God or uh, Christ Church in the apostolic letters. Even though outside the apostolic letters, Ecclesia is used in, in the Septuagint, the Old Testament translation in the Greek, and even in the Gospels for an assembly. And we'll touch on that in a second, like right now. How did, when did the church begin? Like everything, this is controversial. The church is most typically thought to have begun in Acts 2, after Christ's ascension, and he sat down at the right hand of God the Father. He sent the Holy Spirit. Uh, and to the wait to the uh, uh, saints waiting outside Jerusalem, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and the church began. This is in Acts two, uh, and the church is spoken of and matured afterwards. Now the the word ecclesia is used twice in the Gospels, Matthew sixteen and eighteen. Um, that's difficult. Did it mean the church? I'm thinking not. It, probably, it may have meant the church times because Christ was teaching his disciples after he had been rejected about what times might look like after he had gone and resurrected, even though they weren't really understanding at that point. I don't think what was going to happen. He uses the word ecclesia, uh, but the church itself had not been described. So I think to the apostles here is that meant his assembly, much like was used in Septuagint, God's assembly, uh, which was common wording for the Jews. Okay, what then does the church do? Well, <clears throat> this again will depend on individual interpretation. I take that the church does five basic activities and two sacraments typically uh the first the five activities are taken from the first church in jerusalem uh these are the activities from acts 2 42 and 47. Uh, there are several things that they other things that the church did at this point but it was unique for that time and these five activities are repeated throughout the epistles but it's convenient to use Acts 2 because they're related to the first church and they're all together. And they are prayer, praise, fellowship, biblical teaching, and outreach. You'll notice also for if you've listened to other podcasts, these are also the five tools of maturity. This is what should happen inside the church, provided by the church, and the church members are doing to mature themselves, encourage themselves in, in how they speak and how they act. Now, typically there are sacraments inside the church. And um, this is, the first one would be communion over which we've spoken in 1 Corinthians 11. And uh, I would invite you to uh, listen to that podcast again, for more details. I think any um, structural church almost would include communion as a sacrament. 
The second one that's most common is water baptism. Again, this is controversial. Not all denominations, such as the Brethren, believe in water baptism, either sprinkling or dunking, or that it was necessarily commanded for the church to do. So, but it is, it is most common, these are the most two common sacraments that the local church would do. Having said that, we have great freedom of how each individual church accomplishes these um, activities and sacraments. So that that's left up to the church really itself. And we'll talk more about that next time um, as we talk about church structure. One other fine point, and this is not often uh, considered when speaking about the church, but is vitally important, is unity. God wants the church to be unified, as is mentioned in a number of scriptures, but most poignantly in Ephesians 4, verses 1 to 7. <clears throat> unity in doctrine and unity in our attitude, specifically love. So we have to be centered around the basic doctrines of Christ and the Godhead and salvation. And also in terms of our attitude in serving and loving one another. And we're told to strive to be unified. It's not something that just happens. Uh, this is so vital because when unity breaks down, since the church is the servant of Christ, uh, if it's damaging each other, if we're damaging each other, <clears throat> we're not going to be focused in our time and efforts and emotions in serving our great God, and we get distracted and self-destruct, and God's word and his gospel does not go forward. Okay, great topic. Thank you for joining me today. Next time, we'll talk about church structure, and um, uh, again, a very controversial topic, but we'll stick to scripture like today, and hopefully, it'll give you a basis for which to make decisions over various denominations and church groups that are biblically based. Thank you again. Again, uh, leave a comment on the website, get some, get the notes. I'll look forward to seeing you next time.